Hello, this is About the Adventure podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lister. In this episode, my guest is Rachel Shaw, who left her high-level job in the travel industry to set up her own business consultancy. During this interview, she shares why she decided to make a career change, how coaching helped her, and what she's been learning since she started her own business. I think Rachel's honest approach to talking about the struggles she's faced along the way is really refreshing and I really appreciate her openness. While you listen, try imagining that you have the slopes of Mantor towering above you, lambs looking curiously around you, and a big flask of tea at hand in the July sunshine. What personal experiences led you towards your career change? I think there was a number of experiences probably in in work related and out of work and it all kind of started a bit strangely with a podcast that I listened to from from people that I randomly followed on Instagram that now no longer exists where there were two ladies who I think had both worked in corporate careers and left those to go and work in the country well go and live in the countryside themselves in different areas Um, and they had just both really nice you know like a really nice aesthetic instagrams that i was like loving and then they clubbed together and started doing this podcast called i think it was little chapters and they were talking about business and life and more a case of what their lives were like um, now that they had made the change. And I never really listened to podcasts before that at all. And, and this is the what I really got invested in it, actually. I was quite upset when they stopped doing it. And they were talking a bit about things that have always been on the fringe of my life, like woo-woo stuff you know a bit of tarot reading and things that I think if I talked about in my corporate life people would sort of look a bit strangely at me and it kind of came at a time where I'd accidentally I can say this all the time I'd accidentally or inadvertently climbed the corporate ladder without really a plan of, of wanting to do that and I was the youngest person at my level and I didn't really always feel like I fitted in you know when I first got a job in corporate like I had to get rid of my lip ring and dye my hair a normal colour and just be a bit more sensible and stuff and when I left one job people would be like don't be too weird straight away so I always kind of never felt like I hugely fitted in and it made me realise that first sort of listening to other people having done and made a change made me realise there was a different way of life and then I started to work with, a, well, I like to call her, a, well, she's a life coach, but when I was telling people who I worked with, I would um, say it's a professional development coach because, again, I was very aware that it sounded a little bit airy-fairy and I didn't want people to think, I think I was aware of what people might think of me. So I was working with her basically to help me navigate this sort of unusual corporate higher level world where I didn't really feel like I fitted in and really trying to sort of understand how my new my my new life was going to be because I was traveling a lot and I didn't really have time for things that I enjoyed in my life so when I did have time I was like trying to fit loads of things in so I'd go running and be listening to podcasts at the same time to try and you know kill two birds with one stone because I didn't have as much time at home to do things so I was listening to a lot of Oprah's Soul Sundays I think it's called and and all these things together 
the the change of lifestyle with my new job, the travelling all the time, the looking at other people, doing things differently, the working with a coach, like it, it all sort of came together to to make me realise that there is a different way of life out there, I think. And how did you start to open up other options for yourself? Because, you know, you can see these other ways of living, but sometimes they can seem so far away. So how did you just start to open up your perspective after listening to the podcast and everything? Um, I think... So initially, I kind of didn't believe that the change I needed was a complete career change. I thought that what I needed to do was maybe create something for myself alongside my job so that my job wasn't my everything. And at that point, I I realised that I'd not been spending as much time outdoors as I used to before this, and even actually probably before that job. And so I, I thought, right, I'm going to make a promise to myself and I'm going to spend more time outdoors and have more hobbies and things that I enjoy in my life. And, and that was kind of going to be the way that I would achieve some level of balance. Because in my head, not having stable nine to five office job just wasn't an option for me. It, it just didn't even compute. So I started, um, I did a, a navigation course with my husband and I trained to be a running leader with a view that eventually I wanted to be like a run coach, like a trail running coach, which I, I still do want to do. And I set up like a little side Facebook group where I wanted to take other people out and show them the joys of trail running and stuff, which still sort of floats around in the background and, and maybe maybe will be reinvigorated at some point. So, yeah, I kind of, that's what I was trying to do to try and create hobbies that gave me that that balance in life again and stop me from feeling like like yeah like my my life was work and nothing else um and give me that sort of impetus to spend time on other things because it was I'm definitely a self-confessed workaholic and that's it's so easy for me to fall into work is everything like from five in the morning till 11 at night I could quite happily just sit at a laptop and work but then really really feel the detriment of that afterwards so what was it that made you go towards the business consultancy work rather than the trail pursuing the trail running coaching route um i think to be so to be honest i think it's more a case of confidence in myself and it's what i know so I did I I trialed a couple of days out with people I used to work with and I was really looking in the mountain leader route and and looking at all the different qualifications that I could get and I think I just talked myself out of going down that route because I was very nervous that I wasn't as experienced or as, as skilled as other people were and it would take me quite a while to get there and I was a bit like I need to do something quicker because I've been dithering around for a couple of years not being confident and now I've made a decision so I'm just going to have to do something and the something that I can do now is advise people in their businesses and eventually what, what I'm hoping to do is I can train in different areas um, alongside that and there's also a view I think I know a lot of people do 
like to do their passion as a job but I'm not entirely sure or entirely convinced as a person that if I did my hobby as a job if that would take away some of the enjoyment from myself so I'm not completely sure if that's a route that I want to go down whereas with business consultancy I know that I can do it I'm confident I can do it it's it's something that I can pick up like the day after I finished my last job if I wanted and without having to go down and and do lots of extra training which I'm not adverse to but it was kind of like a I want to do something immediately. What approaches did you try when you started looking for a new job and did any of these work for you? Mm, So I did actually look at a couple of um, online groups of people. I think there's one called Career Shifters and Escape the City. And I was kind of looking around their blogs and looking at what they suggested and different routes, looking at what other people had done and how it worked for them. And looking for a very long time, actually, I was looking for jobs that weren't working for myself but that were more aligned with my own values so I look a lot on for purpose job market and um, charity jobs and keep my eye open for specific companies like the Wildlife Trust and and different companies like that like I'll always probably every three months for the last five years I'd always check their job boards so that was always that, that was helpful but I think the the most helpful thing was was actually working with a coach to understand what do I want and understand actually that there is another way and it doesn't have to be working somewhere else it could be working for myself because like I say that had never it never crossed my mind before until I think even it was one of the first sessions where I went in and and sat down and, and we were talking about where I was and what I wanted and who I am and what I want to be and things like that and and then she asked me what would you do if you were working for yourself and you could do anything and I thought well I'm not here for that I'm here to understand well how do I navigate this corporate world that I'm in I'm not here to think about what else is there but working through I think it was a good maybe I think I worked with her for six to nine months going through like looking deep inside, looking at the, my, you know, doing a lot of deep work with her really that's still probably not finished. That's That was the big thing that pushed me because that's personal to yourself. It's not just, you know, looking at other people's experiences, which was valuable. But I think definitely working with somebody who gets to know you and can not necessarily advise you, but get you to ask yourself the right questions and face yourself in the mirror which she actually did like and it was awful (laughs) (laughs) but worth it totally worth it so is this like an affirmation process that you did oh yeah kind of and kind of a like a be kind to yourself like look yourself in the mirror at oh I can't even tell you how much of an idiot I felt um (laughs) and cried and then laughed and oh it was just a whole emotional roller coaster like physically standing looking at yourself in a mirror and telling yourself yeah it was it was affirmations and being kind to myself and telling myself that I am capable and I am strong and all these other things that I probably still don't fully believe but yeah it was uh 
it was an experience. <laughs> How did you come across this coach then? What was it that really inspired you to work with her? Um, so I, I think I was just, I, I realised I can't do this on my own and I wasn't really surrounded by any peers of people like me. You know, I was early 30s, at like one, one below board level and a little bit of a, I guess, a different personality from other people that I'd worked with before. And I, I just, I felt like I just need somebody in my corner and actually that would it probably used to be my dad but my my dad sadly isn't with me anymore so i was like i just need an impartial person to listen and uh, and guide me so that's i started having a look around on the internet for people who were local and were um qualified in not just you know cuz there's different sorts of coaches so i was looking for people who were qualified in professional um, career coaching as well as just general like life coaching as well and there's a big list I think of people who are registered and I was like sort of looking through and on this sounds awful but her picture just looked so inviting and then I think that there was a bit of a write-up actually about um, the person I work with used to work in telecoms and was really in a corporate place and then ran a marathon and had felt like she had to go back to work before she was properly rested after the marathon and it made her realise that you know this this burnout isn't right and so I guess actually even though I was going to her to help me navigate this corporate world I guess almost subconsciously maybe I was kind of a, a feeling an affiliation because because she'd escaped that whole corporate thing so yeah actually I've only just realized that now but <laughs> maybe that's what I was actually going for and looking for when I didn't really realize it but yeah I, I looked at quite a few different people um and you've got to you've got to know that the person's right for you as well haven't you I think as a coach yourself you you probably work with people and you know whether you're a good fit um because you've got to gel at a, at a really personal level and yeah I just felt that straight away so I was quite lucky yeah but it's a very powerful relationship I think yeah hugely very personal very powerful and I guess it must be difficult as a coach not to give advice and stuff as well I couldn't do that <laughs> Have, are there any tools that, or experiences that you had with your co coach that you've actually taken away with you that you implement now that you're not I assume you're not working together at the minute. No, we're not. No, we've not been since probably I, le I left my job, actually. And I was very naughty, actually. There was quite a lot of things that she asked me to do. And, and one of them, which I probably should start doing, was to every day write down something that you liked about your day, something that you disliked and something that you learnt, because it kind of felt at a point where every day was a bad day. And I guess she was trying to show me either, yeah, a great proportion of, of your days are bad days and so you need to do something about it or actually there's better, there's more things to be grateful of. Um, and I think probably I could do with doing that now to realise how much more wonderful my life is and how much more grateful I, I should be. Um, but journaling's just never, it's never been something I've been... I'm not very good at like sticking to personal development stuff. I dip in and out a bit. So yeah, but that's that's a good tool, I think, for other people, definitely. And I probably just should do it. <laughs> Why does business consultancy 
appeal to you? Oh, so it's it's like I guess it's really just aligned with my personality. Of I'm such a Virgo. I'm like I'm very organized for, for other people, not myself. I'm very organized. I'm very. I like to know the wider picture I like to know the bigger picture and be able to tell a story from that bigger picture at the minute level so I'm not I don't think I'm a creative person although quite a few clients have told me that I have creative ideas so I'm starting to think maybe I am <laughs> but um I'm like a logic a do it person so I like to be around people who have loads of ideas and who get really invigorated about life and be able to help them turn it into something tangible and be that person who I I do call myself a fun sponge a lot of the time but people need this because if you have an idea and you don't think about the well what if this what if that how are you going to do this how are you going to do that if you don't think about these things and implement processes or at least have a contingency plan that's when things can go wrong or you spend so much time thinking about how am I going to fix this and how do I make something go right and if I've gone completely down the wrong track it actually helps people who are creative stay in that creative space and enjoy it rather than getting stuck into the nitty-gritty of oh I've not thought about what can possibly go wrong and made sure that I've put some systems in place so I guess it's a case of I just really like to be able to help creative ideas people make things turn their ideas into reality I'm a very tangible like let's get this stuff done so yeah I like to use my skills to help people in that way is there anything that you've brought from your previous experience working in the travel industry into this self-employed job that you're doing now i guess there's probably a lot of things that i've brought just from my experiences i can't pinpoint anything specifically but being able to multitask for sure i mean travel i I don't i don't think that people who work outside of travel realize quite how much of an intense industry it is i think a lot of people i actually did um a fashion and textile buying retail degree and a lot of people who I went to university with are in fashion and I've known people who have transitioned from fashion into travel and even they're surprised because fashion's sort of quite well known as being a bit of a really difficult really like full-on industry but travel is it's like another level of of complexity because you're thinking about what's gone before and then you're thinking about the next three years in advance and what trends are changing and and all this sort of thing so being able to multitask for sure um, and being able to think about so many different things all at once is is a huge benefit you know I'd be looking at 20 different brochures for different areas of the world for different countries and it's um yeah being able to manage a lot of complex information and translate it into meaningful insights and actually probably one of the things so the travel industry is a little bit behind in terms of technology behind a lot of other industries which is really beneficial when working with small startups because obviously they can't afford to create the whole like huge systems that sit behind what they're doing or they're making do with different systems um, and and sort of merging them together to get their ideal outcome so I think having come from an industry where there's huge needs for insights and analysis where actually the infrastructure that sits behind it is probably a little bit clunky or a little bit 
older and doesn't it's you know it's not as intuitive so being able to to know how to use those small bits of information and and really dig into it and and archaic systems and being able to create something that's of benefit to you know the levels that needed to see it the corporate level that you needed to be able to produce and and create information to make huge decisions about huge budgets that really is beneficial for um for working with small businesses who who just only can use whatever they've got available to them so is it mainly small businesses and startups that you want to be working with um not completely my ideal ideal is that i would like to work with growing um social enterprises who are you know really making an impact in the world and they're very clear on how they're going to make that impact um i like the i like the startup view of the world that you know that that whole ideas phase because it ties into you know the the benefits that i I said before i can give to people where i can help somebody take an idea and and turn it into reality by implementing strategic and and specific processes and goals for them but i think i would really like to work with social enterprises that are at that growth phase where you know they're at that hockey stick curve where they they know what they're doing and they know what they want to do and they can see ahead that they have have growth potential or they've brought on new investment and it's how to how to make sure that that's as efficient as possible and helps them to have as large an impact as they possibly can rather than you know in a, in a really efficient way rather than sort of worrying about the background and the admin side of things and especially because sometimes um when when you bring on funding it can be time specific or it can be um outcome specific things are tied into that or it can be withdrawn so you know you've really got to make sure that you you make the most of it at that point in time so I think that's where that's where I think I could have a good impact myself to help other people deliver on their on their positive impacts. How did you discover your values and match these up with the work that you do now? I think I'm still discovering my values you know I think you, it's a bit of a journey isn't it but certainly spending spending more time around people who I felt I just felt at home with and understanding why I felt at home with them spending time with myself and and actually letting myself switch off from you know mindless scrolling or watching mindless tv I'm not saying I I don't do that but trying to limit that and just giving myself time outside on my own with my own thoughts I think being comfortable I think everybody just kind of from what I've understood is a lot of people hit their 30s and you kind of realise what's important and actually one of the big things was getting a high paid job and all the things that came with that the money and the travel in the world and all the things that when I was younger I kind of thought oh these are oh that person's super successful this is exactly what I want to be doing and they're so cool but actually living that life and thinking well what's the point of all this money because I don't want anything and I've no time to spend it and what you know not being in the country seems really glamorous and traveling one week every month seems really you know it seems cool but the reality of 
staying in naff Airbnbs or having to be up super early and, you know, leaving your laptop on a plane and leaving a colleague at a train station, which I once did on his first day and the stress that goes with trying to just be everything to everybody. Yeah, I... uh, it just makes you stop and think. I think that when you when you hit that what should be successful life, and you're really not happy, I'm like, okay, well, what's what does make me happy? I miss being outside. I miss being in the lakes. I miss camping. I miss spending time at home doing nothing. I miss being with my animals. You know, all the things like that um, really sort of open my eyes to it. How has that changed since you left your job? Which is about a year ago, right? Yeah, pretty much a year to the day, I think. I need to double check my dates, but I'm pretty sure it's the the exact day that I left last year. So, yeah, I spend loads of time with my animals. I have such a better balance. Um, If I'm feeling a bit down or a bit cranky, I can just leave my desk, get up, go out for a run. My relationship with my husband is a million times better. You know, I think possibly if I hadn't left my job we we, my marriage might not have survived well I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have done um I'm not as tired I am healthier I'm yeah just I've got I've got better at buying presents I used to be like the best most thoughtful present buyer ever and then I got super busy at work and I couldn't even think about buying presents anymore and now I'm like I'm back on it again I'm like the thoughtful present buyer that's when I knew I was back to being myself yeah it's just nice to it actually got to a point where I with my friends I was having to write down things that they told me about their lives and then check it before I spoke to them because I was like I don't know what's going on in everyone's life because my brain is full of numbers and meetings and whatever else is going on and now I don't need to do that because I can check in with them and I know where they're at and um, if they need me I'm there and yeah just so many so many benefits to it. Why do you think it was that you were so focused on work and, and let it take over was it pressure coming from others or was it something that that came from school or where do you think that came from yeah that's a really I'm still figuring that out you know um, I'm actually doing some work with a lady um, who I actually met on Instagram called Kimmy Classen and she um, does a reprogramming meditation um, program 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 Um, (laughs) and one of the things it's uh, you start out by looking at like needs that you didn't have met when you were younger and what it's translated to in real life and and definitely one of the things that I have struggled with is workaholic like being a workaholic and putting other people's needs before myself and I think feeling that I um, need to be needed for my own self-worth and things like that and I still haven't quite figured out why um, I know when I was at school I, I never wanted to be average I was like I don't care if I'm the worst. I'd rather be the best, but I don't want to be average. And I just had this really weird thing hanging over me. Um, and I don't really know why that is. Possibly it stemmed from, like, my dad had quite high expectations, but not in, like, a horrible way. You know, academically, I I went to a private school and then I went to, like, a really rough school, so I sort of, like, had everything in between as well. Um, and it just... It just 
was always something I just really wanted to always push myself. I Not only that, but I was like in all the clubs. I was in the athletics club. I was in the netball team. I was in the choir. I was playing instruments. Like I was kind of doing everything. And it's kind of like a, I see... I see life and I see everybody else doing things and I'm like I just kind of throw myself into it and, and do it but then I guess I never always saw everything through perfectly so yeah there's definitely some work I think I still need to do to figure out where that is because I'm I'm still struggling with workaholicism workaholism <laughs> I'm just gonna have to make up a, a name for it aren't we I'm still struggling with that now um and especially for other people you know I'll always put other people's needs first and I'll go above and beyond but actually I need to work more on what I need as well and and that's a big thing when you work for yourself I think it's quite difficult especially when you're delivering a service to other people rather than doing something that's for yourself. Do you think that during those years that you're working really hard in the travel industry that you lost any part of yourself like your drive your energy or your you know your passion for things Mm. is there anything that you feel like you lost along the way yeah loads like it yeah it's been more telling since I've left that so many of my friends and so many people even that I was working with most recently have said things to me like oh you're so much different now and you're so much happier and you seem so different but I do still think that there's things that I've lost along the way that I've probably never will get back you know I was probably a little bit more adventurous before that I mean I guess some of it comes with age as well some of it comes with growing up and and being more cautious in life and being more aware of you know the the out the outcomes or the consequences of your decisions really I should say so it's hard to know what's been taken away from working too hard and and I'm not saying that they did it to me I you know I did it to myself and what is more a case of growing up and changing anyway I've certainly lost friends maybe I've lost definitely lost elements of my personality um but I've also gained a lot you know I've got to be positive about it I I have actually traveled the world you know like I've run around the bottom of the Eiffel Tower and I've run past Sydney Opera House a couple of times and it's all about running obviously I used to take my running kit everywhere so yeah I mean I've gained a huge amount of experience in life as well as as losing elements of of who I am I guess but yeah I think I'm a I think I'm learning to be a bit more fun again. How do people who you work with usually discover you? Quite a lot of people actually have discovered me through word of mouth of me working with other people. So I've certainly gained uh, a lot of clients, like not just ongoing clients, but clients who have come and spoken to me and then and gone on to do their own thing through the work that I've done with um, other clients and and most of my initial clients I sort of reached out to them once I discovered that they were struggling so there's a lot of there's a lot of people you see a lot of similar people in moving in the same circles in the sort of eco-friendly product business place and e-commerce eco-friendly ethical business areas and so a lot of people do know a lot of other you know that you'll have come across people in the same groups and 
so I, I've made sure that I inserted myself into a lot of these groups and I try and give as much value as I possibly can and help people out because actually ultimately I just really like helping people and I would probably do it all for free if I could um, you know if that paid my bills and we could just work on a whole barter system like life would be lovely <laughs> but uh, yeah so I, I think my initial clients I tend to gain through um, being in these spaces realizing that they have a problem and reaching out just basically to offer a bit of advice and most of the time with no intention of you know this isn't a hard, a sales sales pitch I'm not trying to sign anybody up as a client I just see probably I see people doing things and I think there's a better way I can save you a few hours of your life here so I help them out and then that either leads to them recommending me to other people or to coming back and saying do you know what I could probably do with a bit of your help just um, to fix a couple of things within my business so that's been where where it's been so far and I'm very aware that I'm probably not as active and as proactive as I could be in terms of um, putting myself out there for people to find me but part of I'm having a bit of a reset in my business at the moment and this week I'm looking at my website and looking at how I promote myself and and different ways that I can work with people to make it as accessible as possible Um, and so I guess I'm going to have to start figuring out different ways for people to find me and and, um, engage have there been any resources that have helped you to create your business and to guide you on how much to charge people? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's that has been a tough one, you know, and I think I've changed it about 10 times and probably still will do. Um, speaking to other people who do similar certainly has been helpful. So there's lots of different pricing methodologies out there and and it's a very subjective the value that you give to people and the the best thing that I was told actually as a service business is to not charge by the hour which actually my coach told me before I even started when I was thinking about this and I was like but how how can I not charge by the hour and I just couldn't get my head around it at all it was more a case of create packages um and and that's, I think, what a lot of other people in, in this space do. So I've reached out to people who I admire in this space who do similar to me. And like I say, there's not a huge amount of people who are so focused on the back end, the nitty gritty, the spreadsheet building, the reports, the insights. There's a lot more in the sort of marketing space. But I've reached out to a few people I admire and just sort of asked them, you know, made sure that they're aware that I'm not out to massively compete and I'm not there to steal their clients and replicate whatever they're doing, but just understand what's worked for them, what hasn't. And they've been very gracious, actually. Um, There's a lady, Catherine Erdley, who runs the Resilient Retail Club, who, you know, she has a membership, which is really great and an affordable way to work with um, a consultant. And she gave me some great advice that was kind of a create a, a package, which is, well, create a offering, which is you, you offer something where people can do it themselves or you do it with them or you do it for them and that's your tiering level so that was really an eye-opener for me as well and I do think that information is kind of out there because I've heard other people sort of talking about that as well but I think it's it's good to work with mentors and people who really understand your sort of area as well in detail other than that I have downloaded a lot of different sort of pricing calculators and things like that but to be honest it's that's just as much because I I do a lot of pricing stuff as well. Like I, my actual first job was a pricing analyst. So it's a little bit of a challenge because I feel like I should know this stuff off the top of my head. But it's there's so much value into it. And it's not just a formula to create 
a price it's it's what you're offering people and the skills and knowledge that you can um that you can offer but I think one of the biggest things actually was when I first was starting up I was I was actually saying to to somebody that I'd really like to be able to quantify to somebody how much additional revenue I've generated for them or you know um, be able to maybe even suggest doing a revenue share where I say work with me and we will grow you to x financial goal and then I'll take a percentage of that a small percentage just to prove that I would actually you know have a, a real true benefit but what I came to really realize very quickly is a lot of the benefits that I give people is time peace of mind balance back in their lives and it will translate into monetary but it's really hard to actually understand a direct link between the two so yeah I quickly sort of shoved that idea to one side because it's just incredibly hard to quantify. Is there anything that you've struggled to adjust to since leaving your job? I'm still struggling definitely um okay so getting up in the morning and sitting at my laptop and sitting at my desk and not moving for hours on end and feeling like I should sit there until 6pm at night that is like that's an everyday struggle for me for sure and I know I shouldn't do it and there's a lot of people a lot of people I've met in this sort of really nice ethical business space where they talk about the virtues of going and sitting in the garden, going and sit somewhere different in your house, just take a walk in nature, go and work somewhere completely different, you know, go and work in, outside in on your favourite walk. And I still don't do it. I still find it almost like, I'm like, I'm cheating. I'm not working hard. I'm not, you know, I've got this little voice in the back of my head that's probably saying, well, you're just skiving off really, aren't you? And I know that's not the case. And I know that that is where you can be more creative and you can, yeah, I'll come back and I'll be refreshed and rejuvenated and, and everything will flow much easier because I have certainly in the last couple of months, I've had a bit of a, a tough time with my business and I've probably not been as motivated as I should have been. And I've sat at my desk for numerous hours probably in the last couple of months and not really achieved very much because once I've done my client work then that's when I need to work on my own work but I don't want to do that I want to work for other people I want to make other people's businesses better so the sort of balance of knowing that working on my business is as, as important as the work that I'm paid to do with my clients that's a real challenge and just allowing myself to stand up and, and go and work somewhere else and just be a bit more flexible and get out of that hole you get up you sit at your desk you work all day you eat your lunch at your desk and then you finish at six o'clock and you probably think about it and check an email in the evening you know that's definitely a big corporate hangover that I'm gonna I'm probably gonna grapple with for another few months I'm sure why do you think because I've heard this from other people as well other uh, self-employed people in particular why do you think it is so hard for people to give themselves the permission to have a bit more freedom with how they choose to spend their time I guess some of it comes down to probably inbuilt societal norms maybe like the view that maybe our parents had of what success is I think I'm not sure if this is the case, I, I imagine it is, people who came from quite entrepreneurial families where things weren't, you know, 
standard office, you know, working class, middle working middle class families where they have been brought up around people who were a bit more free and a bit more entrepreneurial, which actually some entrepreneurial people are sitting at a desk and, and they still have that sort of corporate mentality. I think it's probably to do with that that nurture of, of how you've been brought up and what you perceive to be successful and I guess sort of while you have been working in corporate the the view of if you're not working yourself to the bone like you're not you're not delivering enough and I definitely think that that seems to be changing a little bit now I, I am hearing more um even in sort of corporate you know, posts that you see on LinkedIn that are, are geared towards people working in office environments of, you know, that whole old adage of work smarter, not harder, and make sure that, you know, just your boss shouldn't think that you're the best just because you're there all day and all night. That actually shows that you're a bit inefficient. And I, that used to really, really annoy me because I had so much work. I was quite, I was efficient, but I had so much on that it didn't really matter. And that used to really annoy me, that sort of... Um, <laughs> that that whole discussion about just because you're working extra hours like it means you're probably inefficient I used to really get annoyed but I think I do think it is it's kind of like that whole this is how life is you you do this you do this you do this and and actually that is it is a little bit frustrating because I've never really followed that in the sense of my personal life you know well, I guess I, I did a little bit, you know, like you go to college, you go to uni, you leave, you buy a house, you get married, you have kids. The only thing I probably haven't done is like the whole having kids and, and feeling like that has to be something that I do. But yeah, I guess it's that this is the next step. This is the next step. And especially when you're not sure what you want to do. And I think in the world now, there's so many options that it's really hard to know what you want to do. So when you're faced with so many options, it's almost easy to fall into the like norm of well I'll do this until I figure it out and then all of a sudden doing this becomes everything yeah I think what um when I first realized what I wanted to do instead of my previous job I then went full pelt into it Mm -hmm. and I was doing that alongside my job still for for quite a long time wow and I just totally burnt myself out Mm. and it was that obsession with oh I know what I want to do now so now I've got to do everything in my power to make it work and to make it happen this is the answer but in doing that I completely drained myself yeah and then I was just no good for anything Uh, yeah I can definitely relate I think actually maybe speaking with people like yourself it's it's good you're a bit further along on your journey and you've been there done that you know made some of the mistakes that I'm making now and I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want to keep on making some of the mistakes it's how we learn but knowing that actually there's something out the other side and that's that's really helpful and it's really nice that people are, are willing to open up about it yeah because I think it's great to have motivation um, and I know there's a lot of people out there who promote that and mm-hmm. say that you can do so many things in a day and to make the most of the time and everything but actually, that is really tiring. I, I personally, I don't think that's sustainable no. to be doing that all of the time. And again, it's focusing on productivity and, like you said, kind of traditional ideas of success. Yeah. And that is, it's exciting and it sounds really good, but <laughs> 
if you if you actually want to have more time for creativity or for spending time outside and enjoying that time or even being spontaneous yeah then if you're constantly scheduled in for things how can you have that no that's totally right yeah, it's realising what's important and why you are doing this because, yeah, if you're doing it to have a build a successful empire and have a lot of money, then actually, yeah, the whole productivity thing is probably what you want to do. But if you're doing it because you want a better balance in your life and you want to do more of what you enjoy, yeah, then it's not the one, is it? No, I, I don't think so because it just creates more more work, more jobs. And, of course, there's, there's always more time you can spend on marketing, um, on social media you know whatever it is seo but that's just taking away from other time that can be spent outside that might inspire a creative idea or your next instagram post or so i think i'm not saying you know one or the other but i think some kind of yeah some kind of balance between them all yeah i think something that i want to try that um i think will be really beneficial is sort of um scheduling my week this this sounds like the antithesis of what I'm actually trying to do but like scheduling my week um and plotting in time for things like creatively thinking and working on the business as well as client work and all that sort of stuff and seeing how I feel when I do each of those things and then I'm hoping if I do that for a few weeks and um and and move the schedule around you know different times of day or different days of the week what will emerge is some sort of um pattern of when I'm feeling most creative or when I'm feeling most productive or you know there's going to be times of the week when actually it's probably more beneficial to be outside and to not do anything and from that then I will be able to have a very efficient but balanced week because I'll know when I should be spending time on on each of the different things and and it might change you know it might change with my cycle it might change with the seasons definitely I imagine but I just think having that awareness and being able to be flexible is is I think that's a huge benefit to people who are self-employed so I'm gonna I've been trying it for a little bit um and then I kind of went off piece for a couple of weeks but like this is where I want to get back to that sort of scheduling but with a view to not being too scheduled it's like a total paradox but (laughs) i'll get there yeah sometimes i think you have to schedule it in to make it happen yeah and then it might become more natural down the line yeah i still need to read atomic habits really (laughs) how have your family friends and your husband responded to your career change Oh, so supportive, like unreal. I I genuinely thought they'd all think I was a bit crazy at one point. Like, what are you doing? But um, it was really telling, actually. When When I said, when I told everybody and I said, actually, I've quit my job. And at first I was going to get another job and I was offered another job. And I ended up turning it down, thinking it was a bit now or never to start my own business. Um, But when I told them, everybody's reaction was, oh, I'm so glad it's about time like I'm I'm so grateful like you so it wasn't like a oh you're so brave or you know that's a big step or are you sure there was none of that it was all very much like oh, a sigh of relief from mm-hmm. everybody and that really aff- like affirmed it to me that yeah this is this was not going the right direction um and then since then yeah it's been good because they've got more of me back and they've got more of my time and 
that we've enjoyed our time together and I've not said no to as much things and you know I'm not having to plan months in advance when I'm going to be in the country to to do things with them so that's been great and yeah like like I, I mentioned earlier my, my marriage is so much happier and healthier and it's a lot more balanced now as well like my poor husband was I was whenever I was out the country he was like doing DIY on his own and laying lawns and all sorts of stuff and um now the tables have turned a little bit he's um he's climbing his corporate ladder a little bit inadvertently so I've been painting the bathroom by myself and doing more around the house and it just feels so much more balanced and so much more like I I wanted it to be. Where would you like your work and lifestyle to move towards from here? Oh what a great question. (laughs) Mm. I think the big thing for me is being able to utilize the skills I have and the fact that I don't have like ideas about how to save the world or save parts of the environment or you know I don't have any super creative wonderful ideas about that but I want to be able to help all the people who who do have those ideas and the motivation and the understanding of of how to fix the big problems in the world helping them to do so so I think that's a big thing for me I want to make sure that the work I'm doing is I guess impactful as as impactful as it can be even if it's um as a sort of periphery element of that rather than being like the person who's actually at the, the front of it so that's definitely a big thing for me and in terms of my life like I'm really happy with how my life is at the moment and I don't necessarily want it to well I want to stop chaining myself to my laptop and my desk and feel a little bit more free and have a little bit more of a plan in terms of when I'm going to be outside and things but I think that's pretty much where I want to go and aside from that I've I've never really been a big future planner like I've never had a five-year goal or never been like oh I want to um you know when when I got my last job I was never like oh I want to be at such a level in corporate and earning such an amount of money so I don't think I've ever really thought about what is going to come next I'm quite a short-term medium-term viewpoint person so yeah I don't know but I definitely do want to train to be um a running leader a trail running leader and possibly what I might do is have a bit of a hybrid of a business where I'm helping people with the business side of things but also doing more outdoors um and if I can turn that into some form of business as well, but just a small element, then I think that that will almost force me to stop being as much of a, a workaholic corporate admin person. Um, so I think that will be, be beneficial, but we'll just see how I go. How did you get into trail running? Ooh, um, well, do you know what, actually? So my dad, um, my dad took his own life the year I got married and I... I just had a bit of a weird year, obviously, as you can imagine. It was a bit of a, a bit of an unusual um, scenario, a bit, a bit of a, a, bit of a, a life curveball. And I have always sort of run a little bit, done you know a little um, like race for life and things like that, and and enjoyed it, and it was okay. And that year, I I think I saw. I think it was in Keswick. There was like an eight mile run. I've never run eight miles in my life well I have now obviously um never done any trail running ever and I saw it and my dad was really very 
he he brought a love of the Lake District to me. Like we we would spend loads of time up there together, and he would always be up there. And when I was at work, he'd like text me a picture of him eating an ice cream in November at the, at the Bluebird Cafe and stuff like that. And I'd be like, oh, great. So I kind of thought I'm going to go up there and I'm just going to do this on my own because I like running and it's a challenge and I feel like it brought me a bit closer to my dad again and the things that we used to do together. But without me, I didn't really want to go and do loads of walks up there because I think that that would have given me too much time to think and I wasn't really, I didn't really want to think at that time. So yeah, I just rocked up on on the start line and ran the race and oh my days I I was just on a high for weeks afterwards you know like when you run a trail and it's not about time it's about being out there and the views and then the downhill and the massive like high that you get from that oh I mean I've never tried drugs but I was like this must be what it's like to have an amazing high um yeah and that was it for me I just I loved it and found a few friends that were into it eventually and we've done a few sort of like head torch runs in the mountain bike trails and the lakes and things like that and yeah I just love the the lack of pressure of it. Do you find that it helps with thoughts or if you're if you're feeling sad or particularly emotional do you feel like it helps with that 1000% yeah definitely yeah um it's I mean it's it's obviously a chemical fact isn't it it's a it's a it's a well-known fact that when you go out it releases the right hormones and when you exercise it you know it does all the right things but I think that um I think combining just being out in nature and the places that you get to see the views the the lack of pressure from trail running you know I've done a lot of road running as well and and you know you can do really nice road runs around where I live which are actually in the countryside still you know you're just down country lanes um but just you can be away from everybody and you have to focus on what's in front of you don't you you know especially going downhill or if you're scrambling or if it's a bit sketchy if you like running through loads of rooty woodlands and things like you can't think at that point apart from just staying on your feet and not falling um I mean I regularly fall so not doing that good a job but (laughs) it's part of it isn't it you're not a trail runner if you haven't taken a few tumbles um so yeah but I think then coming back from that you never regret a run it's like a really it's a proper cliche thing to say but I mean I think I have regretted a run but most of the time you don't regret not many (laughs) not many there's definitely fewer that I've regretted than I haven't so yeah it's it's great it is um and I know it's not for everybody I think even just walking and being out in nature I've recently done a few walks with a friend even low level walks and and just yeah being away just being away from everything being in the quiet being able to just look around and actually I do this thing where um if I ever feel overwhelmed by the world do this thing where I like zoom out and 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 you know until you imagine that you're like in the stratosphere and you're just looking down and thinking everything you're worried about is so insignificant and you feel that more when you're out like somewhere like this in the hills and you just look around you and and everything around you is tiny and you think oh I would just everything that you think is super important and super like makes you worry it's just insignificant just let the good times roll forget about it 
I sometimes uh, imagine myself if, if I could see the globe and this tiny dot just running yeah. <laughs> on the edge of a Kinder Scout or something. Amazing. Just this tiny, tiny, tiny little dot. I'm gonna like you doing um, when you're doing that like dot watching when you're watching yeah. somebody do an ultra or yeah. something. Oh yeah, I'm gonna start doing that. Pretend I'm doing some dot watching for myself. <laughs> what are you like? when you're when you're out running in your element compared to what you're like when you're at home at your laptop oh free and loose (laughs) this doesn't sound very good does it i'm just sort of um no it does sound good (laughs) yeah no it does it does free and loose and i think i'm a bit more carefree you know like i'll probably i do throw myself down the hills a bit you know without sort of worries and i'm not as tense and I'm probably, a, yeah, it's a bit more fun and, yeah, just a lot more free. It's got to be the word, isn't it, really? For sure. Do you think entering the race helped you as a starting point to get motivated to take this up? Or I'm just thinking for people who maybe aren't currently running at all mm. or perhaps haven't ever tried trail running, but it maybe appeals to them, what do you think it was that really gave you that? motivation to actually start doing it um yeah so I guess I guess it was just the whole I'm just going to enter this race and then it was a feeling that I got afterwards but I don't necessarily think you need to have that motivation for a race because I think sometimes that can give you a bit of anxiety you know it's it's like you have to train now if you're not feeling it well you've signed up and you've paid for it some people do really like that and sometimes I'm in that mood where I'm like right I'm not running if I sign up and pay for something it'll make me it'll force me to run but I think that's better when you're like a seasoned runner and you've been doing it for a while whereas I think if you're not really if you're just starting out that's quite a lot of pressure to put on yourself so I think for, pe- for people like ideally this would have been how it went for me finding sort of like-minded people um or groups because trail runners are such friendly people it's like fell runners ultra runners um just people who like the outdoors they're just generally very welcoming anyway and there's huge amounts of groups out there now and there's, there's probably a trail running group not far from where you live so just joining a group and and seeing what it's like because nobody gets left behind you know that's that's like the mantra of off-road runners basically it's not competitive it's chatty um there's sometimes now where I go along to these groups and I get frustrated because I just want to like leg it off and you know give my legs a good run but I've come to realize it's not about that so just going along and um experiencing it with other people and and understanding what it's about because it is so different from what you think a road run's going to be it's so different from you know when you're driving down on a sunday to go and do your food shop and you see these people out in the shorts and the vests running along the main road in the pouring rain and you think oh god that's not for me <laughs> it's not like that at all it's it's like a a really nice community feel just sharing amazing experiences and it's so good when you get to like the top of a hill it's tough too right it's tough it should be tough if you get to the top of a hill and you look around and you can share it with other people and sometimes it's nice to do it on your own it depends what you like and then the the absolute joy of running downhill and the just the laughter and looking around and everybody else is like you're like big kids with your arms flailing in the air and yeah it's just it's great I can't really um I can't sing trail running praises enough really how do you enjoy spending time in nature 
and why is this important to you? Oh, lots of ways. Um, I like to walk around my garden first thing in the morning with my coffee Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes at different points in the day. And that's really nice because we've been growing our own vegetables and trying to create like a wildlife garden for you know doing like a wildlife meadow and things like that and we've had so many different visitors since we've done that it's just so nice to see like the bees and the hedgehog and um i really 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 want a frog to come and visit my garden like i need to think i need to build a, build a bigger pond i've got two very small ones they're not having it um why a frog oh they're just cute aren't they aren't they just adorable they just, are all oh, of them <laughs> i don't know i like i like them all although i did freak out i saw an earwig the other day and i was like i'm not into this <laughs> um so yeah being being in my garden's really nice um just going for walks trying to like limit my use of my car and and walking there's a like a linear park that goes from my house to supermarket so sometimes we walk along there rather than driving because it's just so nice in winter i try and um take our coffees and and go and walk that route before work even in the dark because it's just a really nice way to almost create a commute almost for for start before you start working um i also like to paddleboard which is a new thing that i've discovered with my friends and that's just like a lot of fun it's not it's not a sport where you know you need a super amount of talent or you know as long as you've got a decent core you've got well I've got very good balance because I'm quite scared of water. So I'm I'm like, if I don't have balance, I'll be in the water and I'm not into that. Um, so that's that's just a really nice, fun way to let loose. And I've probably never belly laughed like I've belly laughed in my life and the few paddle boarding experiences that I've had recently. I'm not been going out walking as much as I need to and I've not been camping as well as much as I need to. But those are things that I really used to enjoy quite a few years ago. And I, I do really need to commit to doing that more. Um and I'm I'm just I just want to always be outside <laughs> I don't know it's just really you just feel a lot happier don't you I recently did some forest bathing for the first time a proper forest bathing where we connected with the earth and we did all the mindfulness elements and we thanked the the trees around us and the lady who who took it she told us about how um trees communicate with one another and i've just read about that as well in in underland um and that they if they sense that there's a problem they emit oils and they emit different things and and i really like that idea of of nature being um you know like supporting us and providing its own medicine in a way and and i do like to think that that is the case and that it also transfers into us and so what better way than to just be outside I just I don't think there's anybody who would say that being outside doesn't have any benefits do you think there's anything that in particular that stops people from spending time outside other than worker workaholism (laughs) (laughs) I like we've coined this now um well so I know for for a fact like my husband actually suffers a bit with anxiety and, and depression and he doesn't like to be outside because he doesn't like people looking at him and that's not in a vain way that he thinks that everybody... I think it's just like an, an innate thing that he has. Um, and maybe he's a bit self-conscious. And so if he goes out on his bike, or which he doesn't, or he goes outside and goes walking, other people might be like thinking, oh, well, what are they doing here? They don't belong here. So I think a lot of, um, you know, there's a huge amount of not just anxiety in the world, but like low-level anxiety, I guess, that everybody experiences now. 
so I think that, that that's definitely an issue that needs addressing and and I guess it's it's hard to know how to how to deal with that sometimes it's just a case of just taking little steps I think there's a there's a really good technique that you do with, and this is this works more for runners I think but I, I kind of say the same thing when when I want to go for a walk and go together is well just let's plan it we don't have to go we'll just plan it and then the next day like get your stuff ready get your kit out that you're gonna wear decide what you might eat and that's it like if that's as far as you get great that's that's another step then put your clothes on and then walk out the door then drive to where you're going and and you know like at every point you've just got to be kind and have somebody who's with you who'll be kind to say if that's as far as you can go today that's absolutely fine just turn around and we'll try another day if you want um but what you tend to find is that you get there and you get out walking and all of a sudden everything sort of the anxieties melt away and, and things feel better and certainly for for that sort of situation um having a focal point as well I think I think some people maybe find it boring and there's like what's the point to it I've heard that before like yeah we're going for a walk what's the point if you're going to circle what's the point if you've not got you know a trig point to hit or or anything like that so um in those cases like sometimes with children and sometimes with you know more difficult adults um what I'll do is I'll I'll ask them to follow a guidebook um, you know like one of those really obscure ones where you can hardly make out what they're trying to say and it's all really floral language and that's quite fun or um, bring in a bit of geocaching or um, take a camera along and be like right this is really good and it's it's for people like that it's especially good if you go places with like waterfalls or caves and things you know something a bit of point of interest rather than just sort of a, a moorland walk where it's um, it can be a little bit trudgy so yeah I think a bit of boredom a bit of like what's the point and sometimes a bit of anxiety but there's probably lots of reasons um people you know accessibility might be an issue um actually there's a really interesting project I don't know if you've heard of it called slow ways so there's um a person I think it's a gentleman a geographer who is trying to map trying to map every single public path in the country by getting lots of people around the country to walk them and then grade them so to say whether it's accessible by wheelchair or bike or pram um how far it is and i think actually it was all about a network of connecting um towns i think that's why it started because you can technically work, walk from any place to another place in the uk but there's a lot of pathways that are, are disused so they're mapping that and then that should become a really good resource um which will help people to understand how accessible places are and and knowing that somebody of their ability has recently walked it and they've graded it as quite difficult like all right well I know what I'm getting for now so things like that are really good and there's a lot more of that sort of thing propping up but I just don't know if they're well communicated enough Mm. yeah I think some I think one thing that really helped me when I first started I mean I grew up you know walking and um being I lived on a farm so I was living in the countryside but then I kind of lost that part of myself Mm. when I was living in London and just got too work focused etc and when I started to rediscover that I felt really anxious about it Mm. and being out on my own and but not really having anyone to go with um who wanted to explore like I did and so I found groups really helpful as well yeah and I know that it isn't always affordable for everybody um, to join groups but sometimes with places like meetup mm-hmm. um a lot of organizations offer walks for free yeah 
so sometimes you might have to just pay your travel costs but I found that really good as well and that opened up this whole new world to me and I really still value the groups who offer those kinds of experiences you know in a safe way that tells you what equipment you need and everything there's a lot of those cropping up now isn't there i've noticed more and more you know there's um so many facebook groups now where Mm. you can join there's um one recently that's created i think it's wild wanderers and there's love her wild and there's oh there's there's huge amounts of them um yeah i think i'm a member of like about five or six and there's a lot of those who it's just people like-minded people not necessarily not necessarily people who are trained or who are qualified so you do have to be aware of, of your, your own limitations and stuff but they're very aware of it themselves and they're quite cautious and they're just experienced and you can go along to so many of these and actually a lot of I've got like a really nice I'm really lucky I've got an adventure gal pals little group of our own but we get some really good ideas from things that they're doing and then more and more people join and that can be a bit overwhelming at times I think sometimes the groups can be really big but you you will find one or two where it's you know four or five people meeting up and you just yeah I think there's there's something out there for everybody now which is really great now it's your turn Uh (laughs) what powerful question would you ask somebody who is thinking about changing their career but concerned about leaving a secure and well-regarded position that might help them in making a step towards a new decision so I can tell you the question I was asked from my coach and then the question I would probably ask as well um so my coach asked me a question which was Think about your life as it is now. If nothing changed in your life, what would your life be like in five years? And I think that sat in my head for a good 18 months. And I knew the answer straight away, but it was kind of like, wow, a real re- that is a, such a powerful question and such a realisation of, is this going to lead me to a nervous breakdown? Or, you know, is this just going to lead me to more workaholism (laughs) so I think that that is a huge powerful question that anybody should in fact even if you're not considering a career change um just to sit and think about it you don't have to plan for the next five years but what what would life look like if everything stayed as it was and then there might be a few small tweaks that you could make or there might be some huge um, changes that you want to make so that's that was a life-changing question for me for sure and then for myself I would ask anybody who is considering making one of these large changes in their life to really take a look at and think about what is the problem is the problem the job that you're in the career that you've chosen or is there something a bit more deep rooted within you that you need to address before you make this choice this choice or this change because if there's something that's more deep rooted you need to be aware of that because it's just going to follow you no matter what you do and I think that's one of the things that I've realized that my it wasn't necessarily the industry and the job that I was in it's my my inner my my own feelings my um beliefs that are completely embedded within me that I need to address myself and work through because I'm still a workaholic for my clients you know and that's that's not great you know nobody's getting the best of anybody in that sense so that's something I'm working on a hell of a lot on addressing and so if that is the case it's maybe uh, thinking about how how somebody is going to address their own 
internal things alongside you know you still you can still make that decision to make a change but you've just got to be if you're aware of it straight away you can start addressing that as well as making the the physical decision to leave a job and do something different excellent thank you so much rachel thank you thank you for having me so uh, it's been lovely sitting out here in the sunshine (laughs) what views as well you've treated me lovely view of kinder is that this one yeah (laughs) well it's a whole plateau actually we're gonna have to go and give rachel a tour now yes definitely so uh, shall we go for a run a swim or a bit of both oh if we could go for a run but somewhere we can dip our feet that would be oh that would be mega okay let's do it do it (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this interview for more content like this please follow about the adventure on your favorite app if you'd like to support the show please take a look at my career change community on Patreon, which you can join for £5 per month. Members get invited to outdoor events, one-to-one career chats and a private Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes.